This weekend, I will be in San Francisco at my favorite comedy club in the world, The Punchline, March 4th through the 7th. That's a Wednesday through Saturday. Punchline Comedy Club, San Francisco. Uh, recorded my album there, Read the Room, which you can go back and listen to, and then come to the show and hear a brand new hour. I can't wait. I'm bringing my boy Jeremy Shockley to play some guitar, do some improvised musical crowd work. It's going to be a lot of fun. March 4th through the 7th, Punchline, San Francisco. Get all these tickets at adamraycomedy.com. And then I've got other shows in L.A. Uh, I'm doing the uh, Kevin and Bean April Foolishness show on April 4th at the Microsoft Theater with Steve-O, Jeff Garland, Adam Carolla. So come to that. And... Uh, and I think that's it. We've got a lot of great shows coming up, like today's. So let's do it. Yeah, have you? Uh, do you still do? And by the way, thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, I, and even before we started talking about Chappelle and you being like, I don't know how he comes up with the things. That's how I view you. So, and I thank you, and I think you. that's a common uh, shared uh, viewpoint on most of uh, comedians. Like, I appreciate and in rewatching your yeah, special sure. uh, last night, uh, light heavyweight. Yeah, heavy lightweight. Heavy lightweight. So fucking good, dude. But <laughs> no, thank you. Who are you, you again? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you, you've always been this way before I even got to know you um, through, uh, through, through Brad. And it was like such a geek out moment because like, you know, all you want to do is get to a point to where you feel like you have a point of view that is like fresh and where you're looking through a, a set of goggles that is hopefully, um, you know, always looking at things a little differently and and whether you're the most prolific person you're like your take on things is always stuff like you said with Chappelle that people go oh I didn't think of that but I agree with that or I I can get on board with that and you've always been that way and I'm like you strike me as someone that's just like from the get-go been like yeah I know who Alonzo Bowden is so it's easy to talk about it um I don't know that I knew who I was but I had an opinion okay you know I always had an opinion and what happened was the Topical stuff and all the news stuff came mainly as a result of Last Comic, right? Because oh, yeah. when I went in the Last Comic, I did more personal stuff. But for one thing, you had to just come up with tons of material. So I just started doing more on my topical. And this and, and then, you know, I just find the stuff outside of me funnier than my life, right? You know, so, so I mean, this that was a time when we were dealing with Bush and and the Iraq war and Paris Hilton and just all kind of that was, it was just a ton. A it was a ton of material. Schwarzenegger was governor. And <laughs> so, so, you know, so it was just like, Oh man, I just, yeah, let me just start talking, you yeah. know? And, and you know, as far as how comics think, cause this came up recently talking about parallel thought early on when I used to talk more about like relationships and family and this and that, I bumped into Chris Rock a few times as far as parallel thought. Like I'd have a joke and then I'd hear him do something and I'd yeah. be like, gosh. But then I was like, damn, I'm thinking like I'm on the right track. Like if I had the same idea <laughs> yeah, yeah, as yeah. Chris Rock, then I'm doing something right. Right. You know, you wouldn't go out of your way to then like put the kibosh on the bit because I know some people do that with a. They'll oh, like, no, oh, I stopped doing it. Oh, you no. If, if I hear because this is why, because someone in the audience will have seen him do it. And oh man, you stole that shit. You know what I mean? Like the audiences don't know anything about parallel thought. So I, as a matter of fact, I had that happen. And this was a simple, this was a simple joke. It was back 9-11 and all that, right? So 
we were talking. I said, you know, you got to take off your shoes because of the shoe bomber. I'm like, where's the bra bomber at? <laughs> right? <laughs> Just, you know, a, a joke. Like, yeah. So I think it was, I don't want to say Kevin Nealon, but it was somebody like that. Someone at that level, their manager contacted my manager and said oh. that I stole the joke. And my manager was like, where would he have seen him do it? You know what I mean? Like, we were, we're in such complete different yeah. worlds. Yeah, they were yeah. like, where do you think he saw that he would steal it? It's like, no, man, that's, that, and that's an idea I'm sure a hundred comics came up with. You know, that's like the, the Mexicans building the wall, right? right? And the first thing every comic said, well, who's going to build it? You know, of course, <laughs> yeah. you know, it yeah. was just a common thought with comics. So, uh, yeah. That, did you, what, did it happen when you were, um, like, what, what you, you grew up where again? Queens, right? Yeah, I grew up in Queens. Did you, uh, was there something about the culture of the, I always feel like everyone's like a product of their environment, more or less. So it's like, were there funny people in your family? Were, oh, man, my your, mom. Yeah. My mom was hilarious. I, you know, she passed away last year. And, you know, uh, thank you. And um, musicians always do a song, right? They, so I started thinking, like, what did my mom do? Like, what joke did my mom do that I you could heard. put in the act? Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh. Like my Oh, to pay tribute. My tribute to my mom's. And it, this is absolutely true. This happened. So she's from South Carolina, small town in South Carolina, right? And th we're at a funeral. And if you've ever been to a Southern black funeral, you know it's a production. It, it's There's a lot of drama. And it's, an, it's fun to watch. I mean, there's a ton to end it. Well, right before they bury him. And you always hear, oh, Lord, it's too soon. Take me, Lord, take me. And my mother just leaned over to me. She said, they yelling, take me, but they ain't jumping in that hole, are they? And man, <laughs> Adam, I cracked up. And I'm literally laughing at a funeral. But yeah, that was my mother. My mom was like, like just common sense, quick, funny shit. You know, like, mom, who you voting for? Shit, no matter who wins, I got to go to work tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, little yeah. little shit like that. But and great timing and, and delivery. Like, great that, timing yeah. and and just her take. It was her take. My mom had takes on everything. I said women's lib. She women's lib. White women's lib. She said <laughs> she said black women fighting to not work. When you see a black woman fighting to get a job, we fighting to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah. She was she was hilarious, man. So And you that, remember that from like an early age? Yeah, like, all my life. All my life. You know, she would just you she just be in the kitchen and you just start talking. And the other thing is we were news junkies. We we had growing up there were two newspapers in New York. There was a morning paper and an afternoon paper, and we got both of them. And we would just read the newspaper. So there was a lot of talk about that, about you were what's always in the news. On current events and just Yeah, yeah, just and having habit. and then it would be a, an open forum to kind of discuss and then you couldn't help because your family was just what, thinking in terms of, of making a joke at some point after she, you were, I don't know that she thought about it. It was just her observation. Yeah. She just you know, my mom in her own way called bullshit on a lot of things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like she's from a generation that they wouldn't say this is bullshit, but she would make her comment and you'd be like, oh, this is bullshit, yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah, so I definitely, I got that from her and I got the habit of reading the news from them and then it, it just kind of grew from there. Yeah, I will say you, I put you, uh, Burr, Chappelle, and rest in peace, Greg Giraldo, who's one of my favorite comics, as the four best, like able to take what's happening now and find the uh, true hilarity in it, despite how dark or light it may be. Thank you. Yeah, man. And I, and I mean, and it's no, you know, uh, no question to it. I mean, if you've been, you know, making it a part of your routine since then, 
it's why you have such a I always feel like when you're talking about something too that's current that you actually a you have all the facts because like when I started watching Geraldo uh, it was one of the first ones I started like getting into that got me into comedy and I would see him talk about certain stories like all right he's at least presenting enough to where if somebody were to ask him during the show like a question about it that he could give an answer and not just have the bare minimum facts to write a joke about it right but I always feel like you know what's going on in it and you can speak to it from so many different layers yeah yeah i mean you gotta you know you gotta read the news yeah that i mean can't just soak up a headline and then write right. a joke and have yeah you gotta you gotta read or beyond. can you jay leno yes no you i mean you could do some yeah. of that but you gotta read beyond the headline and you you know you think about it or whatever and i'll tell you who i learned a lot of it from man watching um lewis black you know because lou would pick stories that people didn't know. You know, Lou would talk about some congressman from Kansas said something. And what I learned from Lou was take the time to tell them what you're talking about. Like if they don't know, tell them what the story is. Right. And and the, the hard thing about that as a comic is now you got to talk for a minute without them laughing. Right. You know, and you talk about Chappelle. What Chappelle did with the Emmett Till story if you remember that yeah. one, that was in the Austin. That was amazing because he took like five minutes to tell the entire story of Emmett Till, which anyone listening who doesn't know, 14-year-old kid from Chicago, goes to Mississippi, doesn't know the rules of Mississippi, right? right? Uh, looks at a white woman, gets accused of whistling at the white woman. They beat him, destroyed his body, lynched him and everything. And his mother buried him with an open casket because she wanted people to see what they did to her son. It was it was a game changer in the civil rights movement. You now know? Chappelle's manager is going to call you and say, Alonzo, you did Chappelle's joke on Adam's no, podcast. No, no, yeah, because yeah. I'm not doing the joke. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but the fact that Dave went through all of that. Yeah, just to set it up. To set, and then to be able to do a joke about something so horrific. Well, again, that's why he's he's... You know, he's operating on a different level. You know what I mean? He's he's George. It's a fearlessness that I feel like is, uh, but I, I do, again, man, I feel like you got that, you're cut from that same cloth. But I just, you know, I just got to figure out how they're filling the forum in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> See, that's the part. They, they they let me in right up until then. Then Burr and Chappelle said, yeah, we're going to go do the forum and, <laughs> and the garden. And I'm like, oh, because I got the chuckle hut. <laughs> I got the Amarillo. Room. I got the Amarillo Chuckle Hut, and and first show Saturday sold out. So you know, <laughs> man, they're papering the room at the forum. They're papering. Yeah, they're the papering. Room. Joe Coy didn't sell them out. Uh, uh, is there? Um, wouldn't what? it be hilarious to find that out? Like that Joe Coy rented the forum and let everyone come free. <laughs> that would be fucking incredible, actually. <laughs> that, would, that would be if some comic did that. That would be a hilarious. How movie. would we? What would we do? Would we just like because you know there's no comedy police. There's no like you know nobody really holds anyone truly kind of accountable. Yeah. Just like, lots of eye rolls in the green room. That's what that would be. Yeah, be people talk about it maybe for a few weeks and then like this next guy sold out the forum. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> well, it would just become a story. Yeah, you know what I mean. It would just become like it would become it would grow. Yeah. And it would eventually it would be a football stadium. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you enjoy those like uh, backstage green room like comic? Because you're such a good hang, and it's like even when I was in Vegas and I was over there and I hit you up and and I was like, can I come hang you? Let me come kick at the show and watch you. And it was like you're a good just uh, comic hang, you know? And it's yeah, man. Well, I love comics, right? See, the thing that. They always try to capture us hanging out with each other. I know, right? They always try Every to capture Every network's like, it. we're going to get you the way you guys are off stage. And 
it's organic. So sometimes it's funny as hell. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's stupid, but it it's organic. But the fun thing is we have a shorthand and we don't give a shit, right? There's nobody like if your your feelings ain't getting hurt in the green room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, we, oh, well, that's an offensive thing to say, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> did you been... ever, did you ever think about the person on the other side of that? <laughs> well, I never. You yeah. know, yeah. You, you try that shit one time and it'd be like, all right, well, yeah, you doors right there. <laughs> yeah. The, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and that's kind of a, it's a learned thing though, right? Cause I've definitely like, as I've gotten like more into stand up and just been, you know, once I got, became a regular at clubs and I'm in these green rooms more often, you see that like, you know, there is kind of just a, uh, it's an open forum for you to, for people just to kind of like talk about the things that may may become bits or may just be like a safe uh, and safe a space hierarchy for, to talking too because we were actually talking about this week like about this the other day yeah you get to talk as you get more credits and if there's a little opening and you have one comedy central appearance you can kind of come in with a quick jab but if you're surrounded by a bunch of famous comics you can't just like hold court yeah like how would you view this we had some friends come through and, and hang at the uh, show at the store a few uh, weeks ago in the in the main room and and they were kind of chiming in uh, you looking for your water. There you go. And they were kind of chiming in a little bit too much to like people that were a on the show and like, like yourself, like, you know, famous comic. And they're, you're like, all right. Like there is definitely like a, uh, there's a dance to just sitting down and being like, ah, like if I'd never met you and be like, dude, Alonzo, man. So like, you know, I'm getting, dude, I'm doing my first college, man. Like, you got to, like, you know, like, dude, man. first of all, Alonzo, colleges are crazy, man, because these kids, they don't know, they don't know what's right, up. Right. Like, and you're, you've never met me, don't even have my name. It's like, there's a balance between jumping right in and maybe like listening and reading the room, right? Yeah. You got, when you're a rookie, you shut up, <laughs> you know, just shut up and, and listen and try to learn and jump in. Um, the worst thing is somebody testing jokes. Like, you know, that some or or they want to be funny all the time. Yeah. Right there. And that's when, you know, it's a new comic when they're trying to be funny all the time. And I remember um, and Godfrey will kill me for this. But we <laughs> me and Godfrey fuck with each other. And I love Godfrey. But we were on the bus. We were doing a, a, a Just for Laughs tour. And, you know, Godfrey was just going and going. And finally, I just said, Godfrey, shut up. <laughs> and and the, the whole bus was like. Thank you, because yeah. they were all scared to say it. You know? yeah, and, and, but but we could say it because we're cool with yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. We're we're at that point, right? And, Gotta have that and, understood rapport, right? Yeah. And then there was another time. This this was my absolute favorite of a new comic, and I, I mess with him about it to this day. There's a comic named Mal Hall. Yeah, uh, you know Mal. I love Mal. He was there in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Known Mal forever. Yeah. Mal. No, Mark started with Mal in San yeah. Diego. Okay. Right? So yeah. so we're in Vegas, and Mal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this story as quick as I can. We're, we're working um, Brad's room in MGM and Mal's friend was there and he had like a Cinnabon or some joint like that, right? Mm. So Mal's like, hey man, he's gonna take us to lunch, right? So we go to lunch <laughs> and um, Mal's gonna hate me for telling this story, so get it out as much as you can. As long as you do Mal's voice, that's all I ask for. <laughs> he's got one of the best voices in comedy. So we go to Caesars, we go to some restaurant, we're having lunch and the manager comes over, right? And the manager, Says, how you doing? Welcome, you're having a good time, right? Now, you know, in Vegas, that means lunch is free. Right. Right? That's that's how Vegas works. Yeah. Man, he gave us 20% off. What? I was like, what kind of bullshit is this, right? So I said, Mal, let me show you how Vegas works. Yeah. So I called George Wallace, and this is when George was still doing his show, when George owned Vegas. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, George, you know, we're going to have lunch. And George's like, yeah, okay, so meet us, meet at this uh, steakhouse or something in Paris, right? So we get to the Paris, we walk up, they're like, Mr. Wallace isn't here, but the table is ready. 
brightest way. You know, we go in, we sit down, George shows up, right? So George says, yeah, Lonzo, how you doing? Blah, 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 this and that. And then Mal, I'm like, this is Mal. He looks at Mal, he said, do I know you? Mal's like, no, he's like, good, because I don't like you, right? <laughs> and, then George, and then George just turns his head and goes back to talking to me, right? Like Mal's not even there. So we're talking oh, and we're talking and uh, George said, what are you working on? And I was like, man, I got this bit, this Obama thing. I'm working, blah, blah, blah. And Mal's like, I'm working on George. You need to work on shutting the fuck up. And just <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And then at the end of lunch, we left, right? <laughs> And and I said to Mal, oh, and George was calling him a punk ass. That was his name as far as George. I know knew your punk ass, right? So I said to Mal, I said, Mal, did you notice something? He said, What? I said, Did you see a check? Did you even see or he no, I said, That's Vegas. I said, When you somebody in Vegas, you don't pay for shit. Now shut your punk ass up. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Yeah, dude, there's so I mean, you have to go, you have to be in enough situations to even get comfy to even like know how to navigate through and, and and unfortunately like there is no that's why comedy is so great there's no like rule book or like when you start out like and no one wants to go out of their way to tell somebody you just got to go through something like that yeah right? you gotta you gotta be you gotta be told you gotta be put in your plate now i'll tell you the first time and i remember this where i was like oh shit what am i doing here like i don't know if you ever had one of those moments you know i was in front of the improv and we were talking about the road and i was talking about the road with damon wayans and dave Chappelle. wow and, and I've been doing it, you know, I've been on the road for two years, you know what I mean? But yeah. we're just, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing talking to Dave Chappelle and Damon Wayne? But it was cool as hell, you know what I mean? Were but they that including was, you like? Yeah, yeah, we were talking. And, th- and that's when you, that's when you know you're a comic, right? When you, when you do that, when you talk to other comics and you have the respect to them, you know? Yeah. And I ain't going to try to tell them road stories. You know, I'm going to try to tell Damon Wayans my road story about getting laid in Boise. You know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's going to be that impressed. I'll just keep that one. I'll keep that one till I yeah. get to the Chuckle Hut in Amarillo. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, he's man, got Halle Berry stories. Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like, really? Yeah. Who'd you hook up with? Well, never mind. Yeah. You're like, Howie Berry. Yeah. Howie Berry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is a... There's something too about being in those situations, and even you talking about people like who uh, who test bits. It's uh, I don't know if you remember this, but the first time I even met you was uh, when I auditioned for Last Comic Standing. I don't know if you remember this because I don't remember specifically, but I remember of that course. era. <laughs> well, yeah, that that uh, um, it was you, Kathy Madigan, and, and Ant were the yeah. judges. That mm-hmm. was season what five? Okay, yeah, yeah, and. Um, this was like the very end of the day. It was at the improv and they do the auditions and, uh, and you know, it was like a long, uh, treacherous, like, I mean, you guys, I don't know how long you were sitting there. Yeah. It was all day, all day, all day. Yeah. Like people two, comics coming in, doing two minutes at a time for eight hours. Oh yeah. God. That was the gig. I mean, that sounds awful. <laughs> so it makes yeah. complete sense that I got the shit that I got. So this is, by the way, like my manager's like, I got you on this for the last comic. It's like, you're on at the very end. They were able to slip you in. It's like, it's kind of crazy. Like, and I had to rush over there. And, and even at, I think I was maybe two, three years in. And so like, you're doing like two minutes. So I'm quickly going through, I was like, I got two minutes, right? Even three years and I got two minutes. Now I'm just saying like, what two minutes? And then once the pressure really 
sunk in. I was like, fuck, do I have two minutes? <laughs> and then I, then I started going over all my jokes and I all of a sudden was like, I hate everything that I have that I want to do. And I don't know if you remember this, but so I go in at the very end and it's like, it's, I mean, you never see the improv set up with more cameras and lights right. and there were big jibs and swinging dollies and, and you guys are sitting there with fucking like spotlights and it's very, <laughs> it's like Shark Tank for comics, you know? And you walk in and they put, and there's a producer backstage. It was also a little too dramatized. Like, I was like, I think this guy can just open the door. Maybe Antonio's there and be like, hello, yeah. hello. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, greet you. And uh, you know, grab a chicken finger and go in. But they open the door and this guy shoves me in. And he just goes, run to the stage and just get up there and grab the mic and say your name. And I get up there and I go, what's up, guys? My name's Adam Ray. And I just remember seeing you and you had this, and again, I was such a fan. You had this big smile on your face and you were like, what's up, man? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, do your shit, you know? And, uh, and, uh, and then Kathy and Ant uh, were, were, you know, somewhat warm. And then I launched into my jokes, which at the time, what I thought were killers was a joke about Folgers Coffee, uh, NyQuil, and, uh, and being, and my opening thing was, this feels a lot like my Little League games because my dad's not here. And that got that laugh, and that's it. <laughs> so that was what a love there, that was. It just them <laughs> yeah. three in the crew. Just them three in yeah, the crew. Yeah. yeah. You had so I mean, what laughs are you? I mean, that's tough because you know comics don't laugh. Totally. But also, I'm like, I I know in my head, I'm like, all right, I'm at the very end. In my head, I'm like, all right, they've done their their true responses to people, and then they've done the we need to get you guys not liking a few people, right? Like the yeah. produced like. Like someone walks in right away. Just so you know, they never had to do that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that was easy. That was easy. Oh. <laughs> oh, so it was all genuine. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying the episode. Man, it's good to be back. And you know what? The best part about being back is sharing the goodies with you, the fans. I love candles, okay? You know from listening to this podcast, we've always had candles living around the apartment and now my new place. And um, I'm tired of buying the bullshit candles from the store. I want some personal touch. I want something handmade. So that's why I found Hangover Candle Company. That's right. Homemade by a bartender in Fort Collins, Colorado. He's a big comedy fan, podcast fan. Reached out. Said, I love the pod. Would love to some send you some candles. I'm like, I'm not comfy giving you my address. He's like, come on, trust me. I was like, all right, let's roll the dice. Boom. Now I've got fucking 40 different flavors of Hangover Candle Company candles in my place. Um, they're... Cut, sanded, poured, packed, and shipped, all by him. Um, and you can choose from over 200 different containers, okay, to build your candle in. And over 40 different scents to create your own uh, smell. You can customize your own scent. Shit, man, they've got flavors like uh, fucking root beer, apple pie, cinnamon stick, coffee, fresh cut grass, uh, hazelnut, lavender, leather, maple syrup, peach, pine, sandalwood, spearmint, sea breeze, vanilla bean, watermelon. Go to Hangover Candle Co., uh, on Etsy, okay? Go to Etsy, type in Hangover Candle Co. It'll pop up at the shop and then pick your candles and then use the promo code ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. 25%! Hangover Candle Co. is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, but again, go to Etsy, type in Hangover Candle Co., find the candles and the smells you want, create your own, and then use ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. I love candles. They're great for any occasions, bar mitzvahs, circumcisions, uh, fucking weddings, funerals, gender reveal parties, uh, divorce parties, uh, coming out parties, coming in parties, coming parties. These candles are the shit, and they're my fave, and I want you guys to have them. So type in Etsy.com, and then type in Hangover Candle Co., and, uh, and pick your candles and use ALN25 at checkout for 25% off. All right? Start smelling better. Start looking better. Start feeling better, okay? Because everybody farts, and candles are a great way to get rid of that. And now back to the episode.
a lot of people talk about when they audition for the show and there's a lot of auditions I don't remember, a few I do. But if you're doing it two or three years, this is what, what I learned judging, you're doing the same thing as other comic. You know what I mean? Like at that point in your career, you're doing the same stuff. You know, like you know where a comic is in their career, right? Like when they start traveling, you're going to hear jokes about airplanes and hotels because this is new to them, yeah. right? Because oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. just started traveling. Yeah. And, and As well, they should be doing that, right? Right, I mean, right. And you, you know, this the the we each had a joke that we hated, right? Me, Kathleen, and, well, Ant, Ant was trying to be Simon Cowell, so he was going to play <laughs> yeah, yeah. the hater on everything. He did make a comment about my shirt, which I thought was real quick. But <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen hated half her jokes when it's like, you know, my dad's Iranian and my mother's German, so I'm blank, right? right. She hated those, because so many people do those yeah, jokes, yeah, right? Yeah. Mine was, if a woman comic came in and said anything about going out with a homeless guy. What if you just I said, was, and said anything? I was yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was fi- furious, yeah. yeah. No, that that was the thing. About a, was, what, about a homeless? Yeah, anything, I've about dated a homeless, and I'm like, just shut up, no you didn't. Yeah. You did not date a homeless guy, would you stop <laughs> bullshit? Like, because so many women were doing, I don't know what it was, and it was like the first one that comes in and says, a homeless guy hit on me. And I said, go home, you fucking bum. She's getting on the show. She's going to be the one who's different, you know, because you hear so many people doing the same things. But, um, you know, at two or three years, you know it now. Yeah. You weren't ready for that show. A thousand percent. <laughs> but, but again, it's three years is also such a great time where you're like. You know, I had, I had gotten on a few, like, you know, I was doing a lot of bringer shows at the store, a lot of open mics, the haha ha and improv, wherever else, D- driving with Brian Scalaro to Santa Barbara to do eight minutes, you know, and then walking back. And then, uh, <laughs> and then just, uh, and then just, but, but so I got to a point to where I was like, I think like I'm ready to maybe do a special, like a half hour. You're just thinking that you're like enough shows of like laughs with friends and not friends. But that was, yeah, I was so not ready. But I walked up and my opening joke after the dad one was, so I saw this Folgers coffee commercial the other day. You know, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. And I go, eh, is it? And then I'm about to do the, you know, punchline to the joke. And Kathleen just goes, whoa, 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 whoa. A Folgers joke? She goes, <laughs> what is it, 1986? And I just kind of paused and had, and I just, I froze. I didn't know there was going to be like talk back. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we had comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's also, I'm, in my head, I'm like, I'm the last fucking comic. Can you let me get out 120 <laughs> seconds of dog shit material so I can walk out of here with a little dignity? And I just was like, uh, and then she's like, come on, like what? And then, and then you, and this is dude, why I love you and, and why you're such a, a great dude. Like you literally go, no, hold on a second, Kathleen. You go, now let, now let, let him like finish the joke. And then like, and then you go, and then I did it. And I go, I go, thanks, man. I go, uh, it, you know, to me, that slogan should be the best part of waking up is not dying in your sleep. And then it's silence like this. And then you go, all right, we let you do that. Do you got anything else, man? (laughs) But again, you were like nice about it. And you gave me an opportunity. And you said, do one more thing. Like you were like, can you do one more bit? That was his nice way of calling you a punk ass. (laughs) No, you know. And I did a NyQuil bit. And it again, it like no laughs. And then, but dude, I walked out with, I mean, look, I called my mom and told her I'm I'm done with comedy. I swear to God. It was so... Dude, it was gut-wrenching because I was like, I didn't know that you could, 
because look, man, you got friends from back home that might be like, dude, you ain't shit yet, man. I haven't seen you on TV. But you're just like, well, you don't know shit because I, I get on stage and you don't. So like you, yeah. you're not really shaking me up yet. But having pros and people you look up to just throw you shade, it was devastating. Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> uh, that was the job. You know, that that was the yeah. gig. I mean, it was... But you were so kind, man. I'll I tell you the that. hardest part of doing that was turning down... Like, I had to turn down Bob Zaney. No you know? way. Like, in the beginning of my career, I opened for Bob Zaney. And we had to say, like, you you're, you know, you're not making the cut. Um, and other pros, you know... And a, a lot of times it was they picked the wrong material for the audition. Right. So it's like, we know you're funny, but we can't pass you based on the fact we know you're funny. You have to be funny right now, you know? And um, so if I didn't do a Folgers coffee joke, maybe a Maxwell coffee joke. I yeah, see, you're going the wrong way. Everybody's at Starbucks and you're doing Maxwell House, then the folks at home, and this was before Google, so they literally <laughs> would have had to get an encyclopedia and look up Maxwell Sanka. House. They couldn't. Yeah. How about Tang, huh? Yeah. <laughs> if you gave me that, one more minute, I was Tang is tangy. You see, it's tangy when you mix it. I was ninety seconds away from like, yeah, hey, Slinkies are crazy, aren't they? Yeah. Tang, what are you, Neil but Armstrong? So many, <laughs> I, I will break down being a judge on on Last Comic Standing almost to the to the point percentage, right? Ten percent train wrecks, absolutely horrible. Yeah. But that's why it was fun to watch them. People, you know. It ex-porn stars we had some guy in minnesota who literally came in dressed as a viking you know and did this whole thing like all or of that. just the show or was he a comic doing that we don't know yeah we don't know because he walked to. in and he wouldn't break character like he was Love you know uh we we when we were in england we had a scottish guy whose accent was so thick we literally couldn't understand him we were like we're sure you're very funny we don't understand a word you're saying you know <laughs> so you had 10 percent of that right then you had like 50%, at least 50% where you were, where just not ready yet. Just, you're probably funny. You're probably going to be funny. Just haven't been doing it yet. You know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Then you had about uh, another 30% that were good. They were in the five, six year range. You know, just one of them might rise to the surface doing a lot of the same topics, right. this and that. Then, then it started getting tough. Right. So you had 5%. You're on the show. Just came in, Crushed killed it, it like yeah. like Matt Kirshen yeah. or Gina Yashere, where yeah. it was like, yeah, thanks for making it easy. Just move on, right? The hardest ones were the ones who were good enough, but why would we pick you instead of you? See, that was the hardest ones. Where like if you and Mark came in and you're both funny and you're both good enough to be on the show, but we can only pick one of you. So how do we know? whether we pick Mark or Adam, you know, those were the toughest ones. And the biggest mistake, and I apologize to him when I saw him, the one where we kind of missed, Lil Rel. Oh, man. Yeah, we shot down Lil Rel. He auditioned wow. in um, in Minnesota, and it was like, nah. You know, and then I saw him about two years ago. You know, it was at, I Montreal, saw him. Montreal, maybe? Uh, no, Washington. I saw him. It was after Montreal. It was... I think it was around get out. It was around get and I said, Yeah, man, we were uh we were wrong. You know, and he just <laughs> laughed. He was cool as oh, hell about it. He's like, yeah. I remember that shit, man. I wasn't ready for that, you know. But but um yeah, we Who'd missed on that him? one. Who knows? But when we did it, 
Minnesota was the reason I remember Minnesota because the assumption is that LA and New York are going to have the best comic. Right. Without a doubt, Minnesota had the best comics and they didn't have enough spots. They had like six, like New York had 10 right. comics, LA had 10, uh, Minnesota had six, but we got the entire Midwest, like everybody from, you know, Chicago and, and Minneapolis and, and Nashville, like that whole area, they all came up to audition and we ended up with so many great comics. They were, they were telling comics like, Hey, go to Austin, go to, go to, go to tech, go to Phoenix. You know, we'll let you try out there because we just don't have room here. Do you get inspired when you see like young comics from that? Or I guess I'm just curious, like where, cause you've been doing how long now? 27, 27 years. And still be crushing them in. And how much, four specials? How many? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, it's to continue to kind of be prolific with your material and to keep kind of pushing boundaries and yourself creatively. I'm like, where do you get that? You know, because I'm, you know, almost 14 years in and it's like just always trying to find something to get excited about. Mark and I was, we were even just talking about Chappelle. He rewatched all four specials. Was it yesterday, Mark? Yes. Yeah, it doesn't have a lot to do right now, no. but he watched, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's watching one right now. But, I yeah. watched all four. Yeah, but we were talking about finding the inspiration where, like, and you forget when you see certain specials like that, but I don't know how much you're watching comedy when you're not doing it. Some people say they don't want to do it. I don't watch, uh, I, once in a while I watch specials. I don't want to watch specials because I don't want to get your ideas in my head. Right. Because you're- well, There can only be one Folgers joke. Yeah. A- and there's- yeah. But no, I mean, that, yeah. that's no, I what happens. Um, so some specials I'll watch, like if I hear someone's special's really good or if I know the person, I'll check it out. Um, the new comics, what I love about the new comics is they're doing it in a different way. Even you're generationally a generation behind me, you know, yeah. and, and watching- like I, I came up more set up punch writing stuff like that. Now you see, I see more stream of consciousness stuff. I see attitude. Attitude works for some, you know. But but I love the art, man. That that's what inspires me. I I just fucking love comedy. I mean, I, I love everything about it. So whenever I come up with a new idea or create something new, I'm anxious to try it and see, you know, see what's there. Yeah. So so that's that's what keeps me inspired but yeah new comics you know the 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 social media thing right i'm not anti social media but it has definitely created what in music would have been called the one hit wonder yeah and that that's annoying it's yeah. it's not bad it's just annoying it's like, like okay the, the one bit wonder go over there <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah you you Rock got 20 million youtube followers yeah. would you go over there and do that but this is for the art. You're saying like when they try to jump over to the stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This this is for the art. Like so when you go to the improv is, and you're uh, like, whoa, who's here tonight? It's sold out and it's like some YouTube kid. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, clubs are, are going to be about making money, about putting asses in seats, you know. And then you go to a, a club like Comedy Magic. Like, oh, no, you got to be funny. Like, that's what Richard looks at, yeah. you know. Uh, you you got to be funny. Yeah. So in long terms, that this works because this still people, yeah so yeah. Just put up YouTube guy people, and then you check two months later, they're slow. It's, yeah, yeah. Also, there's not a, a lot of those people. I think are going for the picture and to see them live. Yeah, which absolutely. Sucks to be, and absolutely. then and then hopefully not a return thing, so that it's like taking dates away from people that are trying to make it an an actual uh, you know job. But there's there's also something about like I don't know like. Well, when you write, do you write? Because you still ride your motorcycle a lot, yeah? Yeah. Do you write when you're riding? Is that why you Yeah, do it? man. Sometimes that clears my head. It's like the most meditative place for me. Gerard, Carmichael know? used to tell me when he was didn't have a car and he was walking everywhere, he was like, that's where I write. And then when I saw 
you and I think Dean read, used to ride a motorcycle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think maybe the only comics I know of that yeah. do. And I was like, and I was like, so you know, fascinated by it because I'm like, you know, such a pussy. I would never get on one. But uh, if you got a vest ball, fucking, I'll race you. But, uh, <laughs> but like, so I was like, oh, that's got to be a time for you to zone out and probably get a lot of uh, clear head. Yeah, definitely, on. definitely. And you know, it. Um it it comes up and then like oh shit i got to write that down you know and i get it but when you what you were talking about mark about it coming back to being funny and this is you remember people you learn from right so in the era of the alternative comic right and and we were at some show and every comic came up and they put their notes on the music stand right cuz janine garofalo did that and it was it was the alt thing to do to not memorize your material yeah so just read it and I leaned over to Rick Overton and I said, you know, if they're all doing it, by definition, it is not alternative. Oh, man. And Rick just looked at me and said, it always comes back to funny. And Rick is a guy who's been doing it for 40 years. Yep. You know, Rick's been around forever. Robin and, and he was like, yeah, man, it's always these fads. He said they come and go, but then it always comes back to being funny. At some point, you got to be funny. You can fool them. Sometimes they fool them all the way to TV. And then that moment comes and you're like, eh, you ain't got it, you know? So, so, um, and I've been, you know, relatively successful. I've had a pretty good career. But the thing I love and the thing I'm proud of is the respect of other comics, yeah, man. right? Because you know, we all know that the richest comic on stage ain't necessarily the funniest comic in a room. Might not even be in the top 10. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, but they, they got millions of dollars, what is, which I ain't knocking, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems like a great life. What, uh, what is it about that that makes us want the like, cause I mean, I know, you know, I think everyone deals with that in different uh, ways, but like wanting the, you know, I remember when I, I had a lot of really, you know, sweet conversations with Rogan uh, off stage. And then one night I remember I saw him. Uh, in the back after I got off stage opening the OR and I had done kind of some musical uh, improv riffing with Jeff Scott, the piano guy, which I'll uh, do from time to time. And and I got off and he just kind of walked right by me, said some things to Eric Griffin and then whatever. And then I was like, oh, Eric, was he like making fun of me? He's like, I mean, what do you want me to say? You know, and then <laughs> yeah. I was like, God damn it. And then I like was so buttered about it. And then like since then, we've actually even joked about it and like it's all good. And I was obviously making it more of a deal in my head than it was. But to like have him look at me and, and think a certain Man, way shot me down for a couple of days. I love Joe because Joe is such a purist. Yeah. Joe is a purist. And I've seen Joe take people apart to where I felt sorry for him. Yeah. Where it's like, Joe, they just wanted to do this. Yeah. Yeah. He was walking around. <laughs> you know, you know? It's just, yeah. But, but, um, but no, he's, he's a purist. And again, you know what it is? It's the love of the art and it's defending what we do. Yeah. Right. Comedy is the most disrespected creative platform. And I've always said it's because, in this is my opinion, because everyone's made someone laugh, oh, you know, in their life. At that. some point, they've made someone laugh, right? They haven't always sung a song, they didn't do an acting scene, but they've made someone laugh, so they think they can do what we do, or they think what we do is Even easy. Even off of one, like, throwaway joke on the bus, or saying right. something to the bus, or, or to a teacher on your way out of the classroom that makes them, and, and, and you don't even think about, like, if it was a small laugh or a big laugh. They register yeah. as it, like... I'm a comedian. Yeah, exactly. So they, they think they can disrespect what we do. You know, it's like heckling. Like, I, I, I don't know, a couple of months ago or whatever, I was at the Ice House, right? And I'm doing this joke about, um, I had this joke about Cory Booker 
is dating Rosario Dawson, right? And I'm like, man, he pulled that fine Puerto Rican and somebody else, Dominican. I'm like, what? <laughs> she's not Puerto Rican, she's Dominican. I'm like, okay, first of all, she is Puerto Rican. And second of all, like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, who yells out a correction? I said, you know, nobody went to Hamilton and said, excuse me, excuse me. They did not rap in 17, yeah. Yeah. in 1706, yeah. they did not rap. This is, no, you're going to have to stop this show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, only yeah, in absolutely. comedy does someone feel like, oh, yeah, I can yell out and correct the stage. Yeah. It's also completely <laughs> yeah. underrated, uh, under like um, appreciated it when they give out the awards. Like the Academy Awards, there's no best comedic actor or actress, but you can host the show. And if you said something wrong ten years ago, you can be fired from the show. It's like yeah. da dance like this if you want to, but they completely just disrespect it as an art. Like that, it's just easy to do. Yeah, and um, well, but actors don't. Right. You know what I mean? Actors love comic. Oh, yeah. Like, of course. They, yeah. they always say, man, I couldn't do that. Just Actors stand up there by life. myself and no. I Have you had people you know. uh, reach out to you or, or come up to you that are fans that you didn't know? They're oh, like absolutely. Like yeah, you. absolutely. What people where I was shocked they knew who I was Crazy. and they, you know, and they talked to you about it. I was talking with Don Cheadle and saying to myself, Shut what the, the fuck am I doing talking to up. Don Cheadle? There is no reason for me to be talking to Don Cheadle. <laughs> I lost respect for him for talking to me. <laughs> I was like, you're, you're better than this. You're better, you're than, better than this. You have no business. No, that was cool. You know, comic-wise, Robert Townsend. Wow, dude. Meteor Robert man. Townsend, yeah. He came up and he was, and he and he didn't just say I'm a fan. Like, he was telling me jokes that he had seen me do and stuff. And that that's, was like, yeah, that's, that. you're just like, wow, you know? Does it like. Very cool. Does that stuff kind of, I mean. Are you, have you gotten to a point to where you've like done enough cool shit to where you kind of just like, it, it, you know, brushes off the shoulder and you soak it up for a moment and appreciate it? Or do you go home, do you call somebody or do you like, you know, write Sometimes your about I it? do. Sometimes I'll tell people about it, but it's more like I appreciate it, but I'm not going to ego trip over it. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, I definitely appreciate it. You, I don't, I don't think you ever get used to that. You know, I don't think you ever get used to somebody who is great in their genre respecting you and your genre right that that's that's like one of the coolest things what about athlete wise that can i think happen. that's like if you're a sports fan i think that's maybe be almost cooler than the actor thing right like if like who's your favorite athlete less or baller Le lebron right okay. yeah even though i'm a clipper fan i still respect lebron <laughs> yeah me and mark were talking about this yesterday if you watched if you saw this game the lakers versus boston at the end of the game lebron won the game and i was like see that's what you still need someone who could do that Someone who at the end of the game is like, give me the ball, I'll handle this shit. Yeah. You know, and he's that guy. But last summer I did a benefit for Ray Allen and nice. and um Chris Spencer put it together. Nice. So Chris tells me, Yeah, man, Ray's a big fan of yours. I'm like, What? <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, man, Ray The all time I, three point leader. Right. And I meet him and he's like, Oh man, I remember when you did and he's telling me about this Obama joke I did in oh eight, right? So I go on stage, I'm like, big fan, yeah. I ain't seen no all-star tickets. <laughs> I ain't seen tickets to the final. Like, what the hell kind of fan, Ray? Yeah. I ain't never heard from you. <laughs> what no, he hell? got game deleted scenes? Yeah. I said, well, you know, you a big fan. Step yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that Ray Allen was going through hard times. What's wrong with him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's, uh, that's amazing, dude. Yeah, there's, I mean, I think nobody gets immune to getting to a point to where you don't want some sort of validation, right? Like whether it is respect from comics or shout outs like that that you weren't expecting or, I mean, I don't know, is it, or do you just get it enough from getting off stage and being like, oh cool, that new shit I worked on uh, is, is working? Well, on a personal level, yeah. On a personal level, it's that. 
But but the uh, hearing from other people and stuff like that, yeah, it's really cool. And it's like when I became an old guy, right? Like like about now it's been a while. Now it's been about eight, nine years. But when I realized... <laughs> yeah, your bits about that are phenomenal. But. No, I'm talking about being an old pro comic. I'm talking about being a comic yeah. like the old vet. You know, like oh, you okay, were yeah. talking about yeah, yeah. like meeting me and stuff. Yeah. When, when I started hearing comics asking me questions that I remembered asking George Wallace and Dom Herrera, right? And I was like, oh shit, I'm because, and then, and I knew the answer. I was like, oh shit, now I'm the old guy. Like now <laughs> I'm the old guy that they're coming to, so I'm, have a seat youngster, let me tell you how this works, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but even that's kind of cool, you know? Like, like Louis Anderson told me a story that I never thought of, but it was funny. When he had his uh, live show in Vegas, he said he had a bunch of young people come into the show, like in their 20s. And he's like, and then he realized they had grown up with Life with Louie. That was their cartoon when they were a kid. Oh, man. And now they were old enough to come see him. And I was like, how cool would that shit be? That I mean, it reminds you that you're old when they're like, I was watching you when I was four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, just the idea that they're coming to see you as adults from a cartoon, they, you know, that, yeah. that's got to be a cool feeling. That's true. You know what we've been talking about lately, too? Family Feud, yeah. Yeah. Well, we've been asking each other a lot lately, like, who do you who do you think is like the the best comic besides all the best of all time? Like, you can't name Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle, Jerry Seinfeld, Eddie Murphy, or George Carlin. Like, kind of like the Mount Rushmore. Who's like your secret hidden most favorite comic? Robin Harris. Okay, this is a great answer. Why? Robin was the quickest I'd ever seen. Robin was like there was no, he had a joke for anything. He was so quick and so and so funny and yeah so um. That's what I loved about Robin. Robin could crack on anybody, and he was so quick to do it. So I would put him in that category. Um, Richard Jenny. Yeah. Yeah, man. Man, yeah. Richard Jenny, Platypus Man is one of the greatest. Like, you talk about specials. That is a one hour that is seamless. Like, when I, you don't even notice he switched topics. Because his segue, like everything he did was so funny. Yeah, Rich Jenny was, Richard Jenny was a beast. I got a Richard Jenny story. So I used to bartend in the comedy store La Jolla. And he, he Dom Herrera is the first famous person I met. Richard Jenny was the second. Everyone's like, don't talk to him. He's a hard ass, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he was. Until he knew you, yes. Yes. And then he would go, then I was bartending. He goes, hey, man, what are you doing right now? He goes, he asked me where I was from. I said upstate New York. He goes, he was from somewhere. I think, was he Brooklyn guy? I don't know. Right. And she goes, uh, you mind coming outside and talking to me? So he'd go outside, smoke cigarettes, talk at me for like three minutes. He goes, all right, we're done. Then he didn't let me go back inside. <laughs> People are like, wow, he likes you. I go, I didn't say a single word. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just wanted someone to talk to. But then I thought I was special. Like, he's always been nice to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got that thing where you're like, yeah, he's, like, he's difficult. He goes, he's always been great with me. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say anything to him, but yeah, I think. Blue <laughs> smoke in my face, let me go back inside. <laughs> That's a sign of respect. It first, was time, <laughs> first time I met Rich Jenny. This is when I was in my comedy writing class, right? Just hadn't done a show yet. It was at some theater. It's not there anymore, but it used Out to here? be in Santa Monica. Uh -huh. Yeah. And um, Comedy Central, I'm trying to remember what the, they used to have a half hour show that they used to record there. That was when I met Chappelle too for the first time. I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, Rich Jenny pulls up. It's during the day and I'm just hanging out. And he tosses me his car keys like he thought I was the valet, you know? And... <laughs> And everyone said, you should have just took the fucking car. <laughs> you know, of course, I wouldn't have done what it then. Do? That, that, I said, man, I don't work here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and also, why would they hire a six foot five valet driver? That's <laughs> when you know you're crazy. You go, pick the tallest guy. He's definitely the valet. <laughs> but the uh, the comic moment I had like that, that, and 
I mean, I was laughing so hard I could not breathe. We were doing um, this this benefit, and um, Robin Williams I think was presenting an award to Buddy Hackett. Oh my God! Yeah. So I'm outside, I'm smoking a cigarette, and this is when Don Imus did the thing about the uh, black girls basketball team. Oh yeah. Right, the nappy headed hoes. So Buddy Hackett walks up. Now, I've never met him. I don't know who he is. And he's like, I know you're going to let Imus have it. I know you because he said, you black comics, man, you get it. You know, you colored guys. When something, oh, man, when you get a hold of something, you Negroes can make it. so. And he keeps oh, going. And Doubling he down. keeps going. And, and I am crying. It was so funny because it's like, this is surreal. Like, this is Buddy Hackett. And he's doing black material on me. Oh, man. Trying to pump me up. Yeah, but it was so funny because he kept saying the same thing. But every time it would be something, it went from like black. Wait, but he was doing a bit. Yeah, he was joking. No, he was joking. No, he was joking. He was joking, but it was so funny. Because of the way he kept doing, like you, you black Straight guys face, are really like, great. You're really fun, man. When you African Americans get a hold of something, dude, you know, when you colored guys get, <laughs> and he keeps, and I'm just dying. And it was like, what a moment, you know. I've had a couple of those moments. I had, uh, I, it's on my Facebook and Instagram, everything, backstage and just for laughs when Don Rickles starts cracking on me. No way. Like there's no, like as a comic, like what greater moment do you have than sitting next to Rickles while he's insulting you? And no, he's that's like, yeah, hey, this guy's, this guy's very funny. You, you, no, first thing was, what's your, what's your name? Alonzo. Alonzo, that's good. He took a white man's name so the police won't think he did it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and, and just, that was the first line and just went from there. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. I'm just laughing. And you're like, what a moment. You know what I mean? Like that's, and the, the sad thing is now people would be like, well, that's rather offensive or something. You know what I mean? It is like, yeah, yeah, you completely missed it. You how, know? how do you navigate? And, and I have seen you talk about this. Um, like, would people, and they probably ask, you know, someone like you who who uh, is so topical and current with material, it's like, do you think there's like a, you know, an off limits uh, piece of material? Or like, I hear this question all the time if I see a comedian on a morning show where they're like, how do you even be funny? In a culture like this, I mean, it's, I mean, can you even say the word joke? And you're like, what? You know this. Every comic knows this. If it's funny, you can say it. Yes. That's all. If it's funny, you can say it. If you intentionally go for the, to offend, like, like, you know, like Ari did that joke about Kobe, right? After Kobe died and people got mad. Well, but, joke even like, you know. But but that's also Ari being Ari. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ari's going for, he's he wants to offend you yes. and piss you off. Yes. If he pisses you off, then he did his job. And his, it, that's how he works. As That's his brand, as the kids say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, if it's funny, then it's- Funny always wins, huh? Funny always wins. You heard, you've heard me- do I can't even des- I don't even know if I'm allowed to describe the bit, but I love it. My my nigga midget joke. <laughs> I love the nigga midget joke. And when now when you just heard that, people like, oh my god, that. Can't-. But but in the, you've heard the bit, oh yeah, it's and amazing. In the context of it, it works. It's unreal because the joke is about the words yes. and people's response to words. And if you're going to respond to words without knowing the context of the word, then you're an idiot. Yep. Because any any word can be funny if, but you got to put in the work to write the joke, right? Like like the guy, the director 
who did Joker. I can't remember his name. Todd uh, Phillips. Yeah, when he said, I'm not doing comedy anymore because you can't be funny, you know, my response was, write harder. You could still be funny. You could be funny about damn near anything. Yeah. There's very few things that would be off limit. And it's fun. And this is something Chappelle does. And it's something I try to do. When you can find something funny about a topic that you're not supposed to talk about, that's the best joke in the world. Yeah. That, you know, Brian Holtzman. Yeah. Now, you, you were talking about great comics people don't know. Man, Holtzman kills. And, and, it's horrible, the shit he says. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. when we were on Last Comic, man, Corey Holcomb, you know? Like, like if you're... Yeah, that guy's if, brilliant. If you're a woman looking for misogyny, you know, your head will explode <laughs> listening to Corey Holcomb, right? But Corey's a good guy, yeah. you know what I mean? This is his act. Yeah. That's a a, it's, it's the yeah. act. Yeah, hilarious. It was like back in the day, there were people who were upset with Dice, you know, like as if it were real. You know what I mean? As if Dice was walking into grocery stores. Hickory dickory duck, suck my dick. It's like, no, I don't think he does <laughs> And where's that. the I, peanut butter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, yeah. I think he can behave in polite society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Well, back back uh, then when people were offended, they couldn't like find each other. Now people can find each other. So it feels like a little like army is almost raised. Like, oh my God, I got 2,000 people disagreeing with me at once. Because back in the day, it was just like probably one or two people. And yeah. now, now it feels overwhelming. Oh, we, we had a great moment. You know, back when we did um, Last Comic Standing, you know, me and Hef talk about it all the time. We left with well over 50,000 MySpace friends because we know how to time our careers. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you had. You had MySpace and you had forums. Yeah. yeah and, and Hef was like, you know how much someone has to hate you to look up a forum, <laughs> create a username, come up with a password, log in. And then tell you they hate you. Like you had to, you had to It'll put some effort hate. into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't just, you couldn't just throw out a tweet. No, you had to remember, and then you had to remember your password oh my for God. when they hated you again the following week. <laughs> yeah. it, it means you're doing something right, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I just was uh, saw Hef in Arizona, and it, um, he, what's I, you know the place he got in um, in Detroit. Dude, I I mean, look, I had a handful of tequilas, but we got real uh, fired up about the idea about getting a bunch of comics out there for, I don't know if it was either a show or a hang, but man, didn't that look... What is it? Oh, like he a bought a ranch. He bought a ranch in Detroit. John Heffron? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you can get a house there for two grand. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, so he it's bought a ranch? It's gorgeous. It looks like the set of Little House on the Prairie, and it's just like, I mean... It looked like it looked like the. Uh, is that where he lives now? Well, yeah, he lived. This is the thing, and I I talked to him about it. So he went through a, a just hell divorce. Yeah. Right. He just went through a shit divorce, and we used to live near each other, um, up in Woodland Hills. Right. Oh, so you were so, right along there for the ride. Not for most of it, but yeah, for a lot of it, I hit you know. But anyway, so he sells his house there, and he goes to Detroit, and he buy. And I said, you bought a house that a woman's going to look at and want to marry you. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, you don't want to be married. Don't buy a farmhouse with a ranch. And it is, it's its the perfect family home. It is. It is a house that a woman looks at, and that nesting instinct is like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is good. I'll take this one. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with you? No. <laughs> get a condo somewhere. <laughs> like, get, you yeah. know, buy something stupid. Get a Have condo. access to a hot tub. They have to uh, skin right. a key for you. Know? Right. Let them know that. Let them know. No, this ain't, there's nowhere for you to stay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love that guy, man. I love Heffron. Have you? Uh, you have a friend. Yeah, you've known him forever. I mean, since you got. Yeah, we we you know he brought it up because I had forgot. So Heff and I first went head to head 
on Star Search with Arsenio in like 01 oh or God. something like that. Yeah, we went, he and I have a long history of competing against each other in comedy. And when we finally finished Last Comic, we agreed to never compete ever in anything again. You know what I mean? Like if we're at the grocery store, it's like you first. No, you first. You know that? <laughs> Wait, on Arsenio, you're auditioning for Star Search? No, no. Arsenio hosted, they did a re remake of Star Search in the early 2000s and Arsenio was the host. Was uh was this a part? Of, did he get this going in the crowd? No, no. That it was after his show, so they knew who he was, okay. but they weren't doing the barking. I always wanted to see that live. When I've seen old clips, I'm yeah. like, there was that clip that somebody posted recently of somebody yelling out like, "How come you never have gay people on your show?" Do you see this clip? No. And then he goes up into the stands. It's like the opening monologue, and he goes up into the stands and just roast these guys and. Um, in a very like diplomatic, funny, smart, fun way. But he was like jacked up. And once he did it, and he was like, and he ended it by being like, this is my show. And he's like, we've had people on here that are gay. He's like, but we don't know they're gay because it's not your fucking business. Yeah. And then he was going off and the people were going nuts. And their version of going nuts and supporting him was everybody doing this. <laughs> they're going, hoo, hoo, hoo. And then he goes, it's my fucking show. He goes, now let's start it. And he goes back down the stairs. And I was like, what I wouldn't have given to be in that audience oh, just to be a part of that, you know? Hey guys, it's Adam Ray taking a quick break from the podcast to tell you about BetterHelp. Now look, life is full of ups and downs. There's always something that can get in the way of our happiness and you need some way to talk to, right? I know for me, my own issues in life, uh, whether it's career-oriented, family drama, having somebody to talk to helps. And I don't feel like burdening friends uh, or significant others with that info, okay? You need somebody with a neutral playing field and someone with a clean slate to come in and listen to what's going on with you. And that's what BetterHelp is for. I've used them. They're phenomenal. What they are, okay, is um, is a online counseling resource, okay? Video chatting, texting. <clears throat> it's basically connecting with a professional counselor. Um, again, somebody that uh, is unbiased and coming in uh, that is a, uh, a professional to help guide you with whatever's going on in your life. Uh, privately online, okay, so it's convenient. You can do it at your own schedule, all right, at your, out of your own home, which is great. A lot of these places, you know, you need to go somewhere. It, it takes time out of your day. Maybe it's too far away to go to where you really want to get to. This is out of the comfort of your own home. Uh, you can schedule a video or phone session plus chat and text with your therapist uh, who are all licensed and specialized in things like depression, stress, uh, anger, uh, LGBT matters, grief, relationships, sleeping, trauma, uh, anxiety, uh, family conflicts. I know I've dealt with a lot of that in the last few years. Anything you share with them is confidential. Uh, it truly is a, a pretty phenomenal uh, resource that they've created. And these counselors, um, there's over 3,000 uh, U.S. licensed therapists uh, across all 50 states. And uh, four communication modes, again, text, chat, phone, and video. <clears throat> And if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, um, request a new one. No additional charge. Because it's all about finding somebody that relates to you, you feel comfortable with, uh, sharing the info that uh, you'd like to get some help on. Uh, it's available on desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps. Schedule your video and phone sessions, generally a week out, um, which is you know great. I think that's enough time for everybody to get their shit in order. Uh, and there's a broad expertise in the network, which um, may not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid is available for those who qualify, which is huge. Uh, again, it's secure, convenient, professional, and, um, and affordable, uh, which is kind of the biggest thing. A lot of people can't scrounge together the, uh, the, the coin to, to get, even get this type of help, but it's super affordable. And best of all, right now, 
ALM listeners, that's right, you guys, if you need help, you need somebody to talk to in any of those areas I mentioned, depressed, stress, sleeping, trauma, family, uh, anxiety, um, go to betterhelp.com slash about last night uh, and simply fill out a question there and uh, you can get 10% off uh, your uh, your order. That's that's huge. Betterhelp.com slash about last night. <clears throat> fill out the questionnaire that helps them assess what kind of help you need and what kind of counselor you're going to love and uh, and start getting the help that uh, that we all deserve. That's betterhelp.com slash about last night to get 10% off your first order um, and start connecting and living better, you know, because that's what it's all about. All right. Back to the episode. The thing about guys like Arsenio or, or Leno or yeah. um, Drew Carey or or any of those guys who are hosts Right. People don't understand how great a comic you had to be to get that job. You know, what I mean, like people forget that Arsenio was a great stand up. Yeah. And that's how he got the Arsenio Hall show. Right. Yeah. Like Leno was the biggest stand up in the country when he got the Tonight Show. Yeah. People forget that Dr. Oz hosted the open mic at the Improv. Yes. You know yes. For days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's right. Free exams. Do you. Uh... But, but no. But so when you when you talk shit to Arsenio. You know, like it, it's like talking shit to Rogan or Andrew. it's like, don't poke the bear because this is a comic. Mm. This is or Al Franken. Right. Oh, yeah. How about Al Franken as a senator and you talk shit to him and you forget that, oh, he got comic in him. I know. dude. That's why I'm so bummed. He's not like, oh, God, that was, I know. That's the worst loss. That's why the magic hour didn't thing. work out. <laughs> if it was Charles Barkley or Gary Payton, they could have, you know, trash talked back. Oh, but I love magic that was show. too nice. He was man. Too nice. Magic was, and magic couldn't talk. Let's, <laughs> be, let's get real. Magic could not put together two sentences, you know, and it was just, I know, um, so likable, but just like you couldn't like, plus as a comic, we have all day just to sit around and think about if someone offended us, what we'd say back. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just doing the dishes. Like if someone said this to me, I'd say, (laughs) 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 and someone someone finally says, wait for this moment. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, you know, that that's, but that's the thing about those guys. They're comics. So do you love, has that moment happened with, so you're, you're hosting these live family feud shows yeah, across yeah. the country, which is so, you're, by the way, if people haven't seen you host anything, you do it a decent amount, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I like, you, it, hosting is something I've fallen into, but I'm good at, so I dude, like Dude, you're so good at it. And Thank when you, you told me you're doing the family feud shit, I was like, of course, which, you know, I think, you know, at some point, one of these big shows is just going to pluck you up. I have no doubt. <laughs> Seeing you host the... Um, what is the name of the uh, the award show at the JFL Montreal? Awards? It's the JFL Awards. It's yes. the huge like end of the festival. Mm-hmm. All the big awards, like every like you know, Tiffany got the big breakout. Yeah. Jim Carrey getting the comedian of the year, and you're hosting this thing, which is like there's so much star power in the room. It's almost more uh, anxiety ridden, I feel like, than a or pressure packed than the Oscars because it's comics judging an industry like and really critique and watching you trying to be like. You know what I'm saying? There's just more comedic eyeballs. I got to tell you, the the fun part of doing that is like, Adam, I don't give a shit. I ain't getting discovered. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. like I've been going to JFL off and on for 20 years. Yeah. Like, they've seen me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, people say that. And I know I appreciate you crush that. It, man. I love the love I get from the comics and in, in hosting and in industry and in hosting that show. But it's also like, listen, it's not like I, I have nothing to lose yeah. here. You say so that I'm too. just going to be funny well, because, <laughs> you know, nobody's signing me to shit. You know what yeah. I mean? So What were you saying when Judd was there? You were saying something about like. Oh, I was asking playing. for jobs. Yeah. You know, so so I was <laughs> like every. So like Kenya Barris, I'm like, yo, man, blackish. 
never need a big brother. Like you, you ain't got a job. I can't, you know, this and that. So when um, Judd Apatow and Jim Carrey went up, I was like, liar, liar, bailiff. Just another <laughs> name for bouncer. Just another name for security guard. Hook a brother up, you know. And, no doubt, and, though. Yeah, yeah, I was cracking on all of them about getting jobs. And, and I didn't even think of that until the second one. And then that, okay, that's going to become the theme oh, it's amazing. of the show. Yeah. And it, it was really fun. So, but yeah, that, that's, what's cool about it. And also a lot of them I know, you know, who are getting awards or presenting that awards. Helps, right? So that, that helps. And it's fun. Yeah. Does, do you have that opportunity with family feud though, to, uh, with a live show? Obviously. You know what it is, man? It's doing crowd work one person at a time. Awesome. Like you go down the line and each one of them you talk to has something to say like I remember one kid and he was literally a kid he might have been like 17 or something like that and it was like you know we surveyed a hundred women what's the best place to meet a one blah 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 and he was like math class <laughs> you know, it was like math class. And I was like, oh, so you work in the arithmetic angle. So you're doing homework and stuff like, you know, and you just get stuff like that. That is hilarious. That It's like that's what Steve Harvey gets, too, because when you talk to people like that, you get moments. But what the, the producers who some of them also work on the show, they said, yeah, but Steve gets to cut and do it again. And they're like, you're just doing it. And I'm like, yeah, well, this is the gig. So I, wow. I yeah, it's fun, man. It's. Anything like that, like the creative part of comedy, and when I can do something that's going to be funny, and it's the funniest thing in that moment, but you can't do it again, I like shit like that. Yeah. You know, even even though the the part you can't do it again is the part that that's difficult. And the other thing, and I really do appreciate, like again, this is all bullshit aside. I yeah. appreciate what you said about me hosting and looking for a job. Oh yeah, man. You know, the hard thing with industry is they don't recognize that. I know. You know what I mean? Like they don't, the, the the worst thing about the people making the decisions about our career is they don't know how to do what we do. They know nothing about it, you know. And and believe me, I have fucked up in meetings because in the back of my head, I'm like, you've never made anyone laugh. Like you, you're sitting in a glass tower in Culver City. So you have no idea what's funny in Boise or Chicago, or Oklahoma City, or this or that. And they're telling us, like, hey, Adam, let me tell you what's funny. No, motherfucker, let me tell you what's funny. No, dude. Because I just did five shows in Tampa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, but you know that. Yeah, man. You get the same thing. You go on these auditions. You go in, and, you know, things stick. You get something now and then. But you know when you're having a meeting and you're talking to these people, like, we're not allowed to say what we want to say. No, and they think, yeah. When you're in Tampa, too, you got to be better than tits. You know how hard that is. Tits and man. man. <laughs> Although, like, whenever I see, whenever I see the bachelor party at a show, I'm like, you've made a horrible mistake. Like, what, yes. what the hell is wrong with you? Like, yes. a bachelorette party is bad enough, but if you're a bachelor party and you're at a comedy show, oh, no. unless you like specifically went to see Burr, yeah, I think Bill Burr would be like the only guy you get a pass, yeah on seeing at the bachelor party, but you still have to be on your way to tits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you can't just yeah. see Burr and go home, you know. We were just in Portland and a bachelor party got kicked out when Sandy was on stage. What ha- They always get kicked. What do they do, though, or say? Because they, they just, I don't remember specifically what it was, but it's the same story every they want time. They story. come and they want all the attention to be on them. Yeah. They want to be And they out. don't, ex- yeah. like, comedy show is theater. And they come to party. Yeah. And those two things don't mix. Right, well, and this is what I'm talking about. That's the lack of respect right. 
right. for the show. Did now, they come to party at Family Feud? Are people drinking in the audience? Is it a at the casino shows? They did. Wow. At the casino, but see, the casino shows are funny because then you're like a, you're just another stop. Like they come in and they watch it for twenty minutes, and then either they like it and they stay, or they're like, eh, and they go back to the <laughs> yeah. casino. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So it is what it is. But um. Yeah, what what you just said, that's a good way to put it. They came to party. They walked in the theater wanting to party. Now, with the women, all you have to do is give them the attention for that five minutes, and then they're happy. Yeah. They're good. If yeah. you as you recognize them, yep. make give one or two up. jokes yeah. about them. Including them. And then they're good. That, yeah. They've had the greatest time yeah, yeah, yeah. ever. You know? be like, and they still want to bang you. Like, you're still in the... <laughs> You're, yeah, you're, you're the adult entertainer. Yeah, Adam, you're, st you're still in the we want to fuck you years. Well, that's why I keep my calves you know? in point, you know? Like, you just never know when you're going to show a little skin just to get a girl uh, turned on. But um, you got five minutes to yeah, do yeah. one? Of the, okay. Yeah, let's so we got this uh, this new segment on the show where we like to tackle. I know you're, you know, so good with the topical current stuff. Um, like we said, one of the best. And we have the segment on the show where we take and, up. By the way, let me say this before I leave. Yeah. I get invited to do a lot of podcasts. I know you do, man. I heard someone who had a shitty podcast say, it was funny that they said it because their podcast was shitty. They're like, yeah, podcasts are the new jury duty. You know? Wow. Which was which was like, yeah, you get called to do it. You know, This one is fantastic, I man. Your, your studio, you, man. your setup is professional. Thank you. It's fun talking to you guys. Fun, right? It's a good bit. hang. Yeah, definitely. Like, so, enough of the pro aspect, but the, still with the hang. And yeah, like, yeah. So, so kudos to you I on that. I love you, man. Thank All you. All right. Uh, so we, we take a look at the... Um, the uh, the headlines in the uh, in the world that aren't getting all the press that that we think they should and kind of the off uh, stories off the beaten path. In, in other segment, words, we're going to talk about Florida. <laughs> it's a segment we. You're it's not a wrong. It's a segment we like to call. Wait, uh, what? Huh? <laughs> Gets a laugh every time. Never changing the title. Mark, what's the first story? Now, I think. Alonzo, you're a sports fan. Are you also a boxing yeah. fan? Not really, but I'm I'm up on the fight. The okay. fight. I'm yeah. the same way. If the big yeah. fight's going on, I'll make sure I uh, mm -hmm. get the foot. Yeah, notes. me too. These are good highlights. There's th these top four boxers: uh, Wilder, Fury, um, Ruiz, and Joshua. They're at, they're at least very entertaining. Anyway, Tyson Fury looks blood off Deontay Wilder's neck during heavyweight championship win. Have you seen this clip? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> is that how you take his power away or something? I don't. Oh, so this is Look at that. And he's working it, too. <laughs> I think that's one of those tribal things where they're like, you drink the blood of your enemies before you kill them. This is also the definition of white privilege. Mike Tyson's a cannibal. This guy that is like, he's just doing what he does. <laughs> you he know, he's crazy, also, right? I mean, if you look, listen, if you look at Fury, he is fat. He might have got hungry. He <laughs> might have been. It might have been a while since he had a it's snack. It's not getting enough press. I mean, wow. Or it's like with comics where it's like, everyone go up there and you got to say something about dingleberries tonight. <laughs> and maybe one of the guys in the crew is like, hey, if you get a chance, you got to lick his blood. We'll all lick somebody's blood tonight. <laughs> yeah. Or was it a bet? Did they do like weird? Yeah, that Is it a prop been, bet that yeah. Vegas knew about that we could didn't? Could have been something. Yeah. You know, 100, like, 100 grand on Also, he, he, he he's going to get his red wings. But he went back for seconds. That's what throws me off. Like one lick, I'd be like, dude, you're a fucking gangster. And that's where you know he really whipped Wilder's ass. Because if a man yes. licks your neck, you're <laughs> yeah. going to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's yeah. going to be like, yeah. you know you can whip a man's ass. Yeah, that's a wrap on the friendship. <laughs> that also... is blowing a kiss to the next level. Yeah. There's no irony in his eyes either. He's not joking here. He's not like, oh, people see this to laugh about it. I'm kind of laughing. This is... He's, 
fully like I think he got hungry. There's no <laughs> irony in his eyes, but there's iron in his mouth. <laughs> it would be <laughs> it would be great the same way that you saw with Jose Altuve with the Astros thing when he's got yeah. that slow-mo video yeah. and he's like clearly like don't pull my shirt off because mm-hmm. there's a wire, but then he went on to say like he was embarrassed about a tattoo or right. something else. It'd be great if he was just like completely denied this and was like, dude, I was literally trying to move my tongue out of the way. Like and said he wasn't even trying to like go for blood I was snacks. Winded. Yeah, I was winded. Yeah, I was breathing hard. My tongue was hanging out. <laughs> yeah, I needed electrolytes. <laughs> yeah, you guys didn't have Powerade like you said you would. And, uh, um, get ready to meet our next colleague. Please, Alaska Airman receives discipline for urinating in coffee maker. Dot dot report. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, an Alaska-based airman was punished last week for reportedly peeing in an office coffee maker. According to a report, all right. Well, the incident was reported in a newsletter written by a legal office of Anchorage. Uh, John, wait, scroll back up. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, is that the pee? <laughs> the the smile, the frowny face. <laughs> the incident was reported in newsletter uh, February thirteenth. The details remain a mystery. According to the newsletter, the airman first class violated two articles. One being Article ninety two, uh, dereliction of duty for failure to refrain from urinating in the coffee maker. And then we scroll down. This is my this is my favorite sentence here. Um, hold on. Uh, is there a sentence better than failing to refrain from urinating in the coffee maker? Like everyone had an urge, like we, you couldn't suppress that. Like everyone, had, I mean, I got to pee in the coffee maker. I got to pee in the coffee maker. I got to, and like, yeah. no, you, well, you got to suppress that urge. It's yeah. Alaska. They I get sick of writing their that. name in the snow. They got to pee somewhere else. Right, you, what's your favorite line here, Mark? This guy is not fired. They they, they didn't suspect. Oh, he got he got knocked down to uh, the most basic level. But have you been fired from a job in stand-up comedy? Uh, yes, I said the C word at an all Christian show right. at the Tempe Improv as Tony Danza. Yeah, I did. I got fired from the Palms for making fun of the Maloofs. No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When Court was running that show. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was the uh, the Playboy comedy yep. shows. Yep. Dang, yeah, dude. I got. Were they there? Yes. Oh. I did not know. <laughs> what did you say? So I got. Billionaires there. don't have a sense of humor about them. This so tell I people got, who the Maloofs are. They the Maloofs, so they, they they owned the Sacramento Kings right. for a while. They owned uh, the Palms for a while, which in was Vegas. a hot casino. It man. was the hot spot. It was where they did the Real World. Yes. So I get there on like Thursday, and it's like a Friday and Saturday show. And the woman at the desk is like, "Well, we don't have any rooms," and I'm like, "I'm performing here." And she's like. She's like, what's your name or something like that? And I was like, look. And like the screen behind her rotating, like I popped up. I'm like, that's me. So she says, well, we can get you a room at the Rio. And I was like, I ain't doing a show at the Rio. You know, I was getting kind of pissed, yeah. right? Because they're playing it. See, it's that everybody wants to be here. And I'm like, look, I'm not some kid who wants to party with the real world. Like yeah. I'm working here. Yeah. Just So anyway... So I end up, they find a room, you know, and and I go on radio and I joke about it on radio and I said, you know, I can't name the hotel, but it's named after a palm tree and this and that, right? <laughs> so I opened the show talking about that, about how I couldn't get a room and this and that. And then I was like, and the Sacramento Kings ain't shit. And this and that, you know, because I'm, because remember, I'm a Clipper fan, right? So now I'm cracking on the Kings and the Maloofs and the crowd's cracking up. It's the whole thing, right? So after the first show, it was literally like a movie. Like these two guys, you know, in black suits come up to me. Excuse me. You're going to pack up your room and leave the hotel. And I'm looking like, what? And courts behind the court was like, yo, man, nothing I could do to Malusa here. You know, and I said, I did it. But I said, this was the part I said I had no respect for. They didn't tell the second show that they did that. You know, in other words, like, okay, you want to kick me out? Tell the second show that 
You're you canceling me. You know, and you know they. So they let all these people pay their money and come in, Ooh. and then told them like, no, he's not here. And they never said why or anything like that. And I said, now if it had been the Riv, like real old school Vegas, they'd have taken me out to the parking lot, given me a beating, right? <laughs> they, they they hit you, they hit you in the in the gut where it don't show, and you get your ass up there and do the second show, you know. And that, yeah. that's Vegas. I would have respected yeah, that. Yeah. And if it was, if it was I'd have respected yeah. an ass whipping in the second show. <laughs> And if, if it was yeah, like the original it, uh, Sahara, you'd have to drink out of a different water fountain. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, way to go, Mark. No, but my uh, favorite thing is- <laughs> He's not. He's not wrong. Yeah, he's not wrong. Yeah. There is something, too, to be said about, like, putting it on the audience to let them assume, like, by not by having you not show up and then not telling them why. Right. The audience probably assumes, like, this guy probably just fucking got too fucked up. Yeah. Couldn't yeah, make the show, exactly, right? Exactly. Exactly. No, so, so own it. If you did it, own it. No. That's a great story, dude. That club was great, though. I mean, it was like the the Playboy Club, and it was yeah. Like, I remember oh, I went, yeah, downstairs. I went with Brad once, and we went out to the pool, and I was like, uh, "By the way, if you haven't been to a pool with a dwarf, it's truly just like where can you go with a dwarf where it doesn't help? <laughs> when when nowhere not good to have even a dwarf at the NBA you. Celebrity All Star Game. Yeah, 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 yeah dude. It never not good. You know, there's never a bad time, dude. We were si- both single at the time, and he just literally like we're walking in and and uh, and I was just like we were sitting there at a little cabana thing from it, and the club kind of hooked us up. And then he was like, Brad's like, all right. He's like, we need some, uh, we need some friends. And I go, yeah, we do. He goes, I'll be right back. He goes to like three different little things. I don't hear anything. I just see like a lot of hand gestures. And then I see Brad all of a sudden start going like this and dancing. Mm-hmm. And then I see like six girls get up, yeah. just walk back over. And I was like, this guy is just, it's like throwing a football into uh, a, <laughs> you know, into a pile of hotties. Does Brad's arms go above his head? No. Uh, what's our next story? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we got one more. Yep. Boom. Is this it? Strongman rolls seven frying pans in one minute for a Guinness World Record. You, you want that? Sure, because here's my question. Do you follow the Guinness Book of World Record people? Do you take an interest when you hear a story of like the guy Once the in re- a while you see something. You know what I saw that blew my mind? Do you know what the world record is for plank? No. Eight hours. No. Yes. The woman's record is four and the men's is eight. And I'm like, what kind of animal? What the and fuck? And how bored are you? But <laughs> right. but more so, yeah. So those kind of things blow my mind. But what is this? How do you roll seven prime five? Okay. What does that clip? even mean? I'm glad you asked. Oh, grab your cans real quick. Is what there is that? Yeah, we got sound for this. <laughs> grab your cans. He can't say that when a woman's on the show. <laughs> Not around this girl. <laughs> she goes, do you say grab the cans or the pants? All right, here we go. Either way, I'm rolling. Three, oh two, one, go. Whoa. Whoa. Come on, Kathleen, come on. Woo. Okay, I don't know if frying pans were that uh, bendable. And the, and the Celtics don't have a bit. <laughs> this is just like Brenda from Burbank. How'd she get on this show? I had, I, you know, I didn't do much research from the back end. <laughs> Come on! Okay, you can stop that right there. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so that, Long that's short, one of those things. The record. <laughs> that's one of those things. Like you don't even know how hard it is because no one's ever tried to do that. Yeah. Right. Like who would even try yeah. to roll? But God bless her. We don't. You want do not want a hand job from that woman. <laughs> if she gets excited, it is going to end poorly. Just. Uh, or do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or do you? Where'd you grow up? No. What kind of no. You. That you know what that reminds me of. Um, Remember when Bo Jackson broke the bat over his thigh? Yeah. Remember when yeah. he just like pushed it and bro- yes. and and like nobody ever, nobody knew how hard that was to do. And then everyone was trying it and they were like, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like he just broke a bat right, over yeah. his thigh like it was nothing. Yeah. That's this. Like a lot of people. I don't know anyone who's ever tried frying pan rolling, but I know some strong people we that want- probably can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We don't want the, the reaction of the crowd and her. I got it real, right Scroll to it real quick. Yeah, let's just see it. I, you I, might as well. Okay. Let's see if it works. Uh, there's another one. And a flashlight. What is that? <laughs> That's one of the fans, baby. Oh. But <laughs> oh, Fireworks. Yeah. And you know the other thing. The woman who rolled six frying pans. She ain't shit now. She I know. She ain't shit. She rolled six, and now nobody knows her name. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? She like, had a like, brief time. Yeah, she, she was, had a moment, yeah. and now she like that. She's she, sipping cocktails She's with her in friends. the gym right now. Yeah. She's in the gym right now. Janice, no one's you know, stopping you. We're right. at an Ikea, getting yeah. arrested. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Alonzo, you're the shit. Man, thank you. Um, this was phenomenal. Dude, you're, you're, you're such a good hang. You're such crew. a good Yeah, yeah uh, Where Mark, can I... Uh, and the special working people, uh, Amazon. Amazon right? Prime, um, heavy lightweight. You can download it. I am actually heading to South Africa, man. This is a first. I'm doing the okay. South African, com- uh, the Cape Town Comedy Festival next week. And people have been, I say, they've been threatening to take me to Africa for ten years. You know, <laughs> you get all these promoters like, oh, we're going to take you. We're going to do this. Well, someone has finally come through. So I'm really looking forward to it. I've heard you nothing. I, there, this has been a thing before, right? Yeah, I remember yeah. when Bobby Lee went for something. I think maybe Mo Mandel, a few other people, and they came back with like they were like it was one of the greatest things. Yeah, I, apart. well, um, you know, um, Ruben Paul goes there with Russell. That's right. Yeah, and and they say it's fantastic. You know, I'm just I'm bringing pictures of me with Trevor Noah, and I'm dropping names. I'm like, <laughs> you know my boy Trev. You know my, just my boy right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you no, gonna, so I'm looking forward to that. Are you going to stay and like do uh, any safari stuff? I hope to. I hope to do. That's at the top of my list of things I want. A to friend do. of mine did a safari last year, so I know. Actually, I have a friend named Jonathan Butler who's a superstar in South Africa. Jonathan Butler. This guy told me, which I, he said he's like the Stevie Wonder of South Africa. Oh, he's this man. amazing musician. He's a, literally performed for Mandela and the whole thing in this Holy and that. Shit. So he did a safari, and he took another friend of mine, another musician, on, and he said, "Man, he was scared when he saw a lion," and I was like. Jonathan, that's the proper response. Like, like, yes, you're supposed, like, you grew up there, but let me tell you something. Pete, you're supposed to be scared when yeah. you see a fucking lion. Yeah. I want to see a lion and I will be scared. Yeah. I promise you I'm going to be scared if yeah. I see a lion. But yeah, I would, I, I, I almost have to do, like, I don't think I can go and not do it. So we have a day off or something like that. I'm sure they're going to set it up. Set up something for you. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. And then uh, all your tour dates, alonzoboden.com. Yeah, alonzoboden.com. I'm, you know, when I get back from there, it's all downhill, right? <laughs> Once you've done Cape Town, like anything else you do. But no, I got, I got some stuff I'm doing Atlantic City. I'm oh, doing um, St. Paul and on and on. And the feud dates are on the website too? The, the feud hasn't been renewed as yet. That it will be. So hopefully it is. It's so the, far it's, it has Other been than renewed. I would say maybe 
the prices. Right. I'm trying to think of like the Mount Rushmore of game yeah, shows that aren't going anywhere. And the company Fremantle owns all. Fremantle's doing it. Yeah, Fremantle owns all those game yeah. shows. So I'm like, can you give a brother a job? They will. You know dude. what I mean? I, I'm telling you, dude. They, like enough. You're you. You're doing it enough, and enough people know now just about them just finding the right one that matches up. Hey, man, I'm I'm in the game. Yeah. You know, so thank you. And I know you don't like social media, but do you post on Instagram? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I finally connected with somebody. Again, this is where, you know, people say, oh, yeah, I do social media, and they don't do shit, yeah. you know. I finally have someone who really does it. So oh, now good. I got some cli- a lot of clips going up on my Instagram. You got to do that. You got so much content. It's like yeah. people, that's such a big way for people yeah. to- Yeah, uh, so, so my, my Instagram game has definitely stepped up with that with their help and uh yeah so i'm out there i'm out there i, I don't snapchat i'm too old for that i get arrested on snapchat <laughs> it's but, a young man's game yeah it is i mean it's like it's also like that's we didn't grow up with the immediate like i mean when i see my nephew just like literally not even talking to somebody he'll just be sending back like a shot of him and then typing like just chilling and then right. she'll send back something i'm like he's like yeah we had, we've spoken like six words to each other ever yeah they're just like sending back snapshots of like you know, almost like a flip book of, of their Well, lives. anyone anyone under 30, if you call them on the phone, they're like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, what, what's, you, you know, this girl told me, she's like, I don't need creepers calling me. Like, like, <laughs> like to, to her, like, you know, they say you spoke to her, like, no, don't, that's the worst thing. Like a phone call? No. Just, yeah. So, you know, you know, that's my goal, man, not to be creepy. I'm at that age. <laughs> that's all of our goals. Got, this day just, and age. Just got to avoid creepy. Well, Mark gave up on that one. Mark. <laughs> Yeah. He's he's embraced it, and I you've mean, done well you with to. it. You've Even done my well website, BillCosby.com. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 